Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, can you see me? Can you hear me? Praise God. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, let's just bless the Lord and thank the Lord. Father, we bless you. We thank you. We honor you. Thank you for another privilege to convene together with the brethren, to break bread and revelation of your word. You see, the Spirit of God shall guide us into all truth and we receive that ministry even tonight. That the Spirit of God will guide us into the entire truth in the subject in which we are dealing with in this LRW workshop. We thank you for your light. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth. We thank you that even as we know and continue in the truth, that that truth makes us free. Let your word be delivered and ministered with the power and potency of the Spirit of God. Let it yield the seed and the fruit all to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good evening. I trust you are well. We bless the Lord for another opportunity to share together the Word of God. I'm going to ask that you switch on your feeds, your video feeds, please. Thank you. And we were discussing on mindset architecture on day three of our workshop and tonight as I was praying and meditating The Spirit of God began giving me light and understanding and you know for some reason some of the things that I was receiving for the, from the Spirit shook me but scared me a bit and I was contemplating whether or not I should share these thoughts from the Lord but I trust I will find boldness in the spirit to deliver this teaching as I should. 
reason for this workshop is to equip you with the necessary information from the Word of God to recreate, redesign your life as it were. To go through the depths, the roots and the causes or the state of your life and find those areas which are undesirable and alter them and change them utilizing the power of the Word of God. Because so many times you hear people saying they want change, they want improvement, they want a better life. And many times the daunting task of not knowing where to start really handicaps whatever progress or initiation that they would want to make. And I think the main problem is the lack of understanding about life in general and also the lack of adequate information. You know, the Bible tells us that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge and our ignorance about what we don't know really is what perpetuates these unpleasant experiences that we have in life. And it's sad because for most of us, we've been living with the tools, the resources for years and decades which have potential power to transform, improve and change your life as frequent as necessary. In other words, with these tools, with these resources, you could at any point in your life change or make changes 
for the better. And for some reason, I can assure you, one of the major reasons why your life has not made the changes you would have desired over the years is because subconsciously you've been waiting for someone or something to go your way, to help you, some miracle. Yet with you has always been the miracle producer. God did not create us. God did not create you and disposed of you the things necessary to live out your life fully fully unfortunately you've been trapped in the matrix of this world in the matrix of this system and this web has held you captive for too long but I find the statement the Lord made so profound, especially in the time in which we find ourselves. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. In other words, it doesn't matter how for how long you've been living in a lie. It doesn't matter. The point at which you know the truth, at the point at which you discover the truth, irrespective of what has happened in your life, irrespective of what is going on currently in your life, the point at which you know the truth exists the potential of freedom. You are presented with the gift of liberty. Truth, the knowledge of the truth is what brings deliverance. And many of God's people need deliverance. And not deliverance necessarily from devils, but deliverance from ignorance. Deliverance from lies that they have been told throughout their lives about what only they can achieve, what only they can do, what only what only they are able to, or the heights of life they are able to reach. And these are the lies that have kept you a prisoner in the matrix of this cosmos. 
but my God, he said, you shall know the truth. In other words, the availability of truth, the reception of truth. Jesus said, I am, I am the way, the truth. The truth in Jesus is what liberates and frees us. So our goal really in life is to know as much as we can about what it takes to bring ourselves to the abundant and full life that Jesus Christ came to give us. And that's why I'm teaching you these principles, these truths in this workshop so that you can have in your arsenal, you can have in your toolbox for when the occasion demands the necessary tools to bring you over And you know, there's so much I need to share, especially along these lines that I don't think this seven days would really do justice because we've, we've only built on the foundational uh, aspects of our subject matter. But nevertheless, I, I said to you that for the life you need or you want to live, you need the equivalent or corresponding mindset. Because mindset is the machinery behind experience. So you will never live in abundance experientially until you develop the abundant mindset. Because reality ugly. Reality requires a channel. Uh, the scripture tells us, I don't want us to go there, but I'll just say it. The scripture tells us that through him all things were made. So reality existed because of the word. And the word is the energy of all existence. The word is the energy of all life force. The word is the energy of the entire universe. It is the source from which all things are derived. That means every substructure of reality, right? Because every individual human being has an individual human experience based on the mindsets that are working within him. So those experiences, that reality through which he perceives life 
and engages with, with life is channeled through the mind. Is channeled through the mindsets. So there are sets of minds that exists within you that allows you to experience life. Hence, when a man's mind becomes incapacitated, he ceases to function and relate with the external reality. He goes into a coma. His consciousness ceases to exist functionally in this external plane. He exists, yes. His consciousness is engaging in another realm, but he is unable to engage with this external world because the mind has been shut off. That means the connection between the mind and his body has been cut off. So we could say really that the brain is the link to the mind. The mind is not in the brain, but the brain interfaces the faculties of the mind. So I said that it is important that you understand mindset architecture. That you can't build wealth if you don't build the mindset first. Because to build wealth externally requires the energies that can only be siphoned, the forces, the powers that can only be siphoned by the mind. So a mindset means that you remain in that state to ensure perpetuality in the ultimate experience of wealth. So that's why your mind has to be fixed. You cannot be um, a vacator. You cannot be a tourist. You cannot be occasional if you want to live an abundant life. It, the, the, the mentality has to be set. In other words, it has to be it has to be programmed or computed into the subconscious until that act of wealth building, e.g., becomes automatic that you don't think about it. That you just act because it is something that has been habituated inside you. So that's what makes you. What makes you is your mindset. That is what makes you. So in other words, you cannot be rich until you have the mindset. So really, in reality, riches, abundance, wealth, peace is a mindset. What you see are the fruits of a mindset. 
So when you see somebody living abundantly, when you see somebody uh, uh, rich, it is the fruit of a mindset. It has nothing to do with where he went to school. Because you can be, you can have many degrees and be a dummy. Because going to school does not necessarily mean you are educated. It may mean you are indoctrinated, but not necessarily educated. So the mindset is what regulates the experiences. The mindset, can I, can I go deeper? The mind, hallelujah, the mind is a reality manifesting machine. I'm going to repeat that. The mind is a reality manifesting, experience creating machine. How could the disciples see a ghost? It was Jesus. The scripture clearly tells us that he, he went to them. It was Jesus, but they saw a ghost. What fabricated a ghost was their mind. So the mind can create anything you want to see. I will repeat that. The mind can create anything you want to see. This is so powerful. Because this means that the mind has created everything that you, your mind has created everything that you see. We're going to go deeper. Now unto him who is able to do more exceedingly. So the ability for, of God to do in your life depends on what you imagine. The ability of God to do exceedingly above in your life relies on the operation of your mind. So your mind is essential in activating the ability of God. The, 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 Scient the Scientologist calls it the universe. But in reality, it is the force of God. So the force of God is activated in doing exceedingly abundantly for you when the mind is operational. So a stagnant mind does not activate the powers of the energies of the divine to what? To assist in manifesting now unto him who is able to do more exceedingly abundantly above all that we imagine or ask. Ask there is the Greek word desire. So he says he's able to extrapolate from the substances of what we imagine and what we desire and that is the power that is working in us. So the power working in us is actually the power of the mind, the machinery of the mind in producing the reality we want to see. So the mind has a job. In the same way your body has a job, your mind has a job. The job of your mind is to create realities. 
The job of your mind is to create realities and experiences. The job of your mind is to make your life on earth worthwhile. The job of the mind is to give you a human experience tailored to you based on the programming and the computing that you have done or external forces have done on your mind. So the world is a, a reflection of the workings of man's mind. So when we really get into it, we can begin to define the true function of the mind. The true function of the mind is to channel the energies that are radiating in the thoughts, imaginations, will, and emotion, and then work hand in hand in attracting the forces that are responsible or necessary to bring into manifestation that reality that is being radiated in your mind. Have you ever thought about someone Hunter, have you ever thought about someone you haven't seen in a long time? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you bump into them or all of a sudden you get a call from them. Has that ever happened to you? It has probably happened to us more often than not, right? Where one minute you were thinking about this person and then all of a sudden they call you. All of a sudden they text you. What happened is that your mind, your mind had radiated a thought. The thought of that person, the thought of that person, the thought of that person did what? Mirrored their energy. And the forces that exist within the mind dimensions, within the spirit dimensions, begin to walk on that person and then all of a sudden they called you. Have you ever once in your life, have you ever once in your life needed something? And you needed it so desperately that your mind was engaged in it. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes and gives it to you. Or an opportunity comes that makes you get what you want. What happened? What happened is that your mind radiated thoughts. And your mind did what? Your mind channeled the energies that were radiated from those thoughts. Worked in the spirit realm, in the mind realm, in the thought realm. With the forces that are responsible for manifestation. And then it happened. That means, that means, that means that a majority of human beings have been living as slaves because they have never yet put their minds to their full potential because the mind in its full potential is creative, is manifestive. The mind working in its full potential creates. That means you can, you can think solutions. That means you can think blessings into manifestation. So tonight, what I'm actually teaching you is the implementation protocols to getting results in manifestation. So your mind 
radiates energy. Your thoughts, I mean, your thoughts, because your thoughts are in your mind, your imaginations radiate energies and then your mind channels them into reality. So your mind can work for you. And really, that's what your mind has been designed to do. It has been designed to work for you. So you are already an employer. You're already an entrepreneur. You just don't know it yet. Hallelujah. The mind is a reality manifesting machine. Let's look into something. Genesis chapter 6. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 6. I, I want us to look into something. The first implementation protocol that is essential for manifesting your reality. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. Then, and I want you to follow this, okay? Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. The, what did the Lord the Lord saw? He saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And so he saw something else, right? And that every imagination of the machinery of his heart was only evil continually. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, let's read. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So, ho, ho, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. The imaginations of the workings of the heart grieved God. Hmm. Hi, wait, wait. I thought God is only offended by our actions. I thought God is, is only offended by what we do. Now we discover that God was grieved. God repented because he saw the imaginations of man's heart was only, in other words, in other words, what God was seeing, he was seeing a perpetual production of evil from the imagination dimension. So God looked at the imaginations of man and they were producing evil. So the wickedness in the earth was produced from their imaginations. So that's why the Bible says he saw the wickedness they were doing on the earth and the wickedness that was taking place in what? In the inventory of their minds. So their, their imagination was producing evils that were not yet produce or manifest on earth and God said I'm going to judge them Bef before those imaginations became a reality God said I'm going to judge them so God stopped them in their tracks by killing them 
So, he destroyed the earth because he saw what they were imagining. So that means, that means your imaginations get the attention of God. That means that God's eye sees your imaginations more than he sees your actions. That means that your thoughts, your imaginations are louder in the spirit, are clearer in the spirit than your, than your words. That means that you are participating in spiritual reality and activity every time you imagine. Oh, he was sorry and he was grieved in his heart for what on account of the imagination of the thoughts of their hearts. Now, this is, this is something powerful because what had taken place at this time led to the destruction of the earth. Now, the earth, Hamfa the earth wasn't only destroyed because of the angels, of the fallen angels. God didn't destroy the earth because of the fallen angels. The Bible says the reason why God destroyed the earth was for two reasons. Number one, the wickedness done on the earth. That, that includes the commingling of these fallen spirits with man, right? Number two, imagination. The imagination of civilization at that time warranted the severe judgment of God that ended up in God destroying the whole earth. So what were these people producing in their imaginations that was so offensive to God. This, this might bring us into something deep that about imagination that we have not yet realized. Up until that point, I want to go deep, but I'm... I'm, I'm always, I'm, you know, like Paul says, in, trim, in, in fear and trembling. I want to go deeper. Uh, grab me boldness, Holy Spirit. Grab me boldness. Grab me boldness. The civilization, these men were able to tap into the creative forces that Pro, that is produced by imagination and visualization. So they visualize realities that offended God. That means in the spirit they were creating. In the spirit they were producing evils that got the attention of God. Now how could they learn that unless they were taught by beings from the other realm? 
So the, the, the fallen angels, one of the mysteries and secrets that they taught man that got the attention of the divine supreme God was the law of visualization and imagination for creation. So it was, it was a secret that these beings taught civilization to, to begin operating and engaging in the dimensions of the spirit through visualization and imagination. And I'm going to show you how you can create a future from visualizing and imagination. Because the Bible tells us that one of the last things will, that will happen in the last days when the spirit comes upon man, he says, your young man shall see visions. Your, your old man shall dream dreams and they shall prophesy. This means that when the spirit is working one of the signs of the working of the Holy Ghost inside you is an ability to visualize and imagine that is heightened. So when the spirit comes upon man, all of a sudden they see visions. What are visions? Visions are spiritual images that have been energized upon the mind, influenced upon the mind by the spirit of God. That means when you are seeing a vision, you are seeing what a spirit is seeing. When you go into visions, the Holy Ghost begins to energize and influence your mind to see what he sees. It's like taking a phone and say, see, see. So, so visions are actually insight into the mind and the eyes of the spirit. What is prophecy? Prophecy is the influence of God upon a mouth that allows him to speak as though God was speaking. This means that the language of the spirit is actually contained in what? In visions which are visualizations of the mind, visualizations of the spirit and prophecy which is foretelling and foretelling of that which is to come. So prophecy isn't only taking what is in the future and bringing it to you. Prophecy is creating a future. Visions aren't only seeing what's going to happen tomorrow. Visions are visualizing or creating a future. That means you can sit there on your chair. You can sit there on your chair and begin visualizing yourself. <laughs> and begin visualizing. That means these spirits in Genesis taught man how to create through visualization. Now, I want to go deep. Do you know, do you know that men fell because of their imagination? That the fall of man was not caused by the eating of the fruit. It was caused by the imagining of the eating. I will show you. Let us read Genesis. Hallelujah, my God. Let us read Genesis. Genesis chapter number, chapter number 8. I want to show you this. Genesis chapter number 8. Implementation protocols. Until you learn the art of visualization and imagination, you will never tap into realities. Because you tap into realities through visualization. Trust me, I'm a prophet. I've seen things about people that should not have happened but happened. 
Why? Because the spirit, the spirit shows you, imparts to you his eyes, imparts to you his, his, his dianoia and says, see, see, Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah, you have seen well, for I watch over my word to perform it. Zechariah, what do you see? What do you see? Behold, look, see, look and leave. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. The reason why you may not be living the life of your dreams is because that life is not in your imagination. That life is not in your visualization. That life, my God, is not in your stomach, is not in your mouth. The moment that life becomes in your mouth, the moment that life becomes part of your imagination, because that's where realities are stored. So everything you're going to be in the future is stored in your imagination. That's why he told us, with all vigilance, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. The deepest part of your mind. Genesis chapter 8, verse 21. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart. He said in his heart. Now, I ask a question. How did the writer of Genesis know what was God saying in his heart? How, how did he know what God was saying in his heart? Because he wasn't saying it outward. He was saying it in his heart. How did he know? His dianoia was influenced by the spirit so that you could hear God's heart. Now, he said, so that God said in his heart, I will never again. I want you to see the reason behind why, why God said he cursed the ground. I will never again curse the ground for man's sake because of the imagination of his heart is evil from his youth. Hmm. Ha! Ha! Ha, ha, this is what God is saying. He says, I will not again curse anymore. I will not again curse the ground anymore for men's sake because the imagination of his heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I smite every created thing as I have done. Neither will I again destroy everything as I have done. So God is giving us the reason why he cursed the ground. He cursed the ground because of the imagination of his heart. Now let's substantiate it. Genesis chapter 3. Satan, 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 Satan does not take you by the neck and say sin. <laughs> he does not hold you by the neck and say sin. He knows the implementation protocol. 
He understands the implementation protocol for making men do anything. Ayah. So, so there is an implementation protocol for making you sin. There is an implementation protocol for making you rich. And that implementation protocol starts somewhere. So Satan doesn't force anybody to sin. You don't become a slave of Satan because he oh, he has a chain around your neck. No. I want you to see it. I want you to see what was Satan doing to Eve. He was stimulating her yetzah. He was stimulating her mind. He was stimulating her visualization dimension. He was stimulating her dianoia. The, that, that part of the mind that sees. Let's read. You know the story. Did God really say, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. She was lying. Verse 4, then the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. Hey, you will not surely die. Now, what is Satan doing? He is bringing an objection to a command that God said and the consequence thereof. And he's saying, you will not die. He's offering Eve another alternative. Up until that point, Eve saw death when she saw the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because God said, the day you eat, you will die. So God implanted a picture inside them that the day you eat, you will die. In other words, that means God never said, don't touch it. They could touch it. God never said, don't look upon it. They can look upon it. God only said to them, don't eat it. Because, because, if he said, don't look at it, they would have died the day God said, see, this tree you shall not eat. Because they were looking at the tree when God was pointing it out to them. <laughs> so, so God said, God said, don't eat. The day you eat, you die. So what did Adam see when he saw the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? He saw death. What did Eve see? She saw death. And then here's Satan. is a spirit. A spirit. A spirit comes and says, you shall, surely you will not die. Ha. Ha. All of a sudden, an alternative reality is brought to be. I mean, is brought to her. You will, you know, you will not die. Then listen to the reasoning behind you will not die. Listen. For God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will not open. Your eyes will open. Ha! Huh. Now I ask a question. You know I'm, I'm, 
I'm feeling electrified. The Bible says in verse 25 of chapter 2, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. And Satan said, God knows the day... Can we go into this? For God knows that the day that you eat, your eyes will be open. He was not talking about physical eyes. He was talking about the third eye. So the gateway for Satan into the world, into dominion in the world, was what? Was through the eye, the third eye opening. So the eye of the mind. So Satan says, for God knows that the day you eat, your eyes will be opened. So why didn't God want why did not God want Adam and Eve to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because it was going to open the third eye. It was going to open their dianoia before time. And God didn't want them dabbling in that dimension without proper training. So Satan said, yes, your eyes will open. And then look at it. And you will be like God. Hey, hey, hey. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What was Satan saying? Satan was saying that God is privy to a mystery about how he knows good and evil. Not only that, but how he sees. So he was, he was, he was, Giving us insight to how God sees. God doesn't see with his eyes. He sees with his spirit. That means even if God were to go blind, even if God were to go blind, he would still see. Remember the Bible tells us about John who was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God. But John had no eyes. His eyes were gorged out. He had no eyes to see. Yet John said he saw Jesus. Yet John saw the entire book of Revelation without eyes. What had happened? <laughs> what had happened was that his dianoia was fully energized so God Satan knew that his gateway into controlling humanity was dianoia so God cursed the ground cursed man took them out of the garden because they opened their dianoia before time Ah, uh -uh, okay. Okay, you still have doubts. Verse 6. Verse 6. So when the woman saw, how? When the woman saw that the tree was good. Hi. Hi. All of a sudden, the tree is good. Is, is good for food. Hey, I thought, I thought she saw death. All of a sudden, she had no fear of death anymore. Why? Because her dianoia was imprinted with another reality. So the possibility of death escaped her mind, not because it did not exist, but because her dianoia received new information. And the mind began, I told you, the mind is a reality-making machine. The, uh, her mind began to create another reality. 
that would not result in them dying. She saw the tree good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree desirable, desirable to make one wise. She took of it and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes, now you, now you see it. They knew, they, they, they saw they were naked and they were not ashamed. Now the eyes, so he's not talking about physical eyes. He's talking about dianoia eyes, the, the eyes of the mind. He's talking about the third eye. And he said, and the eyes of both of them were open. So Satan was right. Satan was right. He was right. He said that God knows when you eat, your eyes will be open. So God didn't want them to eat because the eyes will be open. Hey, hey. Woo! And they will be like God. So visualization is an act of God. Is the activity of the divine. Imagination. That's why when the spirit comes, you see visions. Because it's an activity of the divine. That's why when the spirit comes, you prophesy because it's an activity of the divine. Spirits see, spirits talk. That's why the whole Bible was written by prophets who saw and they heard and they spoke. Hallelujah, glory to God. And the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked. So the eyes of the Dianoia opened them up to another reality. It opened them up to another reality. Hey, 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 hey. Maybe because the life is not changing. Maybe because the reason why your life is still the way because you're seeing with these eyes. You are deceived to think that you will create reality if you see with these eyes. You, listen, the only reason why God gave you these eyes is so that you can see the reality your dianoia created. So your eyes, your eyes are the showroom. Your eyes are the movie screen to see what you have always shot before. You see, well, oh my God, that means your life, your life as it is right now is undesirable because you, you are seeing what you don't desire because your imagination has created it. So you have to recreate if these eyes are going to see, if this mouth is going to taste, if these hands are going to feel, hallelujah, glory to God, if this nose is going to smell a new experience, the eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened. Their eyes, and God saw that the imaginations of the thoughts of their hearts were continually evil. And God destroyed the world. God took Adam and Eve outside of the garden. He took them out because their eyes were opened. Their dianoia was now working things. Their dianoia could work good and it could work evil. Do you see that? It could work good and it could work evil. Paul said, I was alive until the law. But when the law came, I died. <laughs> and sin revived in me. What is he talking about? It is dianoia. When dia look, look at the child. Look at the child. Their innocence, their innocence is, is for so long. After a while, they are no longer innocent because they can imagine all sorts of things. Their dianoia is opened. 
back then, you baby boomers born in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you went on your periods, menstruation cycles, when you are 14, 16, 18. Today, girls go on their menstrual cycle at 8, at 9. What's happening? Their dianoia is open. They are seeing things they are not supposed to see before time. And all of a sudden, their body responds. When they are supposed to go on their menstrual cycles at age 14, 15, 16, now all of a sudden, puberty adolescent is at 7 and 8. Ooh. When, 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 when conception, the, 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 the time to bloom for a woman was around 14, 16, it dropped to 12, it dropped to 10, it dropped now, now a five-year-old baby can give birth. Hey, what's happening? Their dianoia is ripe because of the bombardment of frequencies on our mind. The TV, the internet, social media, all these things that are bombarding our dianoia, causing us to project realities, to enter into realities before time. Have you ever wondered why do they call it television? Television, television. Tell who created that word, television. Tell a vision, tell a vision. They are bombarding computing visions inside you, computing visions inside you, and you start desiring things. All of a sudden you have lusts. All of a sudden you have desires. Where do these desires come from? You watch the movie, all of a sudden you can't sit straight. You watch a TV series, all of a sudden your passions are being changed, are being turned. Why? Dianoia, the frequencies of these TVs, these pictures are now starting to program how you see, how you think, how you feel, your appetites, your hunger, your desires. Why? Because the key to humanity, the key to unlocking the human power, the human potential is in the dianoia. You are what you see, my brother. You are what you see, my mother. You are what you see, my sister. You are what you see, my father. It has always been the case. When they saw they were naked, they felt ashamed. They felt ashamed. Why? Their eyes were opened. Their dianoia was opened. God cursed the ground because of the imagination of man's heart. Level two, let's go up. Genesis chapter 11. Oh my God, I think implementation protocol will be, the part two will be tomorrow because I don't think I'll be able to finish this. Hallelujah, glory to God. Genesis chapter 11. I want to show you some things. I want to show you some things. So spirits, Spirits can have their desires met if they can get you to use your dianoia to serve their interests. In other words, if God could destroy the earth, hallelujah, for the for the wickedness, for the cruelty that was taking place in their yatsah, in their imaginations, God can bless you for your imagination. God can bless you for thinking good thoughts. God can bless you, promote you, elevate you, my God, prosper you for thinking right thoughts. Ah! 
if God could destroy the earth because of the evil imaginations of man's heart, God can bless and protect. God can enhance and equip and promote you for the good imagination in your mind. So positive imaginations attract God. Positive visualizations attract God. God is attracted to the good. He's attracted to the pure thoughts, the lofty thoughts. Ah, I can read it to you. I can read it to you. Philippians. Let's go to Philippians quickly. Let's rush to Philippians quickly. Let's rush to Philippians quickly. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 8, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, everything that's true attracts God. Whatever things are noble, everything that's noble attracts God. Whatever things that means, you can invite God into your life by your imagination. You can invite God into your life by your visualization. Every Whatsoever things are just, they invite God. Whatsoever things are pure, they attract God. Whatsoever things are lovely, they attract God. What? Oh my God, what? things of good report if there is any virtue or if there's anything praiseworthy here's the implementation protocol meditate on them because meditation is bringing down God are you listening to me imagination is bringing down God and his ability and his power and his resources if you ever want to tap into the resources of God if you ever want to access the power of God the ability of God begin the implementation protocol oh God I invite you how do you invite him begin imagining that big house. Begin imagining that big ministry. Begin imagining that large family. Begin imagining their big bank account. It attracts God. It brings God down. Big dreams. Big visualization. Big visions. They attract God. God is not attracted to small thinkers. God is not attracted to little thinkers. People that think in the shallow, in the mundane, in the ordinary. No, no, no. If you ever want to get God's attention, start dreaming big. Start thinking big. Think God dreams. Think God thoughts. See God visions. Speak God's word. And you'll find God on the scene. Let's go to Genesis chapter 11. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ah, hallelujah. Implementation protocols. You want success, there's an implementation protocol. You want abundance, there's an implementation protocol. You want health, you want a full life, you want a big family, you want to get married, you want peace and joy, there's an implementation protocol. Until you follow that implementation protocol, you will never experience it, baby. There's a system. There's a computational process that must take place. Let's look at Genesis chapter 11 and look at this implementation protocol in action. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Forgive me. It's not on purpose. There's a spirit. There's an anointing on me. Glory to God. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Sinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, come. They said to one another, what did they say to one another? Come, come, let us build 
Let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Now they had to change. Hallelujah. They had to change how they built. Because the first time their civilization was destroyed, it was not built the right way. So they had to build according to the similitude of mountains. Because remember, everything was destroyed except for the mountains. Hallelujah. The water could not destroy the mountains. So they said we need to build some fortified city. A city that God himself can't even destroy. Let us make brick and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. Do you see where inventions came from? These inventions, my brothers and my sister, are from the spirit realm. How do men in our generation begin to build skyscrapers that reach up to the heavens and winds blow, rains come, storms come, yet these buildings still remain. They are built by the intelligence of the mysteries of the spirit dimensions. Listen, it goes deeper. And they had brick for stone. Where did they get it from? Brick is not the same as stone. Do you understand that? They were using brick as stone. They were using asphalt. So they were finding replacement material that were compatible with the strength and viscosity of mountains. Because they were going to build something that went up into God. Where God lived. Now, why does man want to go to God? It's not man that had this idea. This was an idea that was fashioned by these demonic entities. Jesus, through the apostle Paul, said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. They were trying to build a home for devils. They were trying to build a home for demonic entities and they were building it and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Do you see that? A tower whose top is in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Verse 5, but the Lord came down. Oh, their idea was so big that God became a man. The Lord came down. The idea was so daunting, so threatening that God came down as a man to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. God was threatened by this idea. Oh my God. The Bible says God came down. He came down to see. Remember when God came down in, 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 in Genesis chapter 17 and 18, when God came down to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he said to Abraham, I have come to see what was reported of the city. And when he came, he was a man. He was not God. He was not the Jasper stone. He came as a man. So when he came down this time again, he came down to survey and see what was happening. God came to investigate an idea that was started in the mind. And listen to what God said in verse 6. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one. They all have one language. (laughs) They all have one language. (laughs) And this 
what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they imagine to do will be withheld from them. Not God is saying this. God is saying this that nothing that they imagine to do will be withheld from them. God said I can't stop them because they have imagined it. God said I can't stop them because they have imagined it. Even I as God can't stop them because they have visualized it. Verily I say unto you He that looketh at a woman as to lust after her has already committed adultery in his heart that means when you see dianoia visualization when you visualize he says you have already done it that means there's a permanency attached to imagination that even god can cancel so as long as your visionary faculties always imprint poverty there'll be a permanency to your experience of poverty as long as your visionary faculties imprints lack imprints sickness there will be a permanency attached to your sickness until you replace my god those visualizations and imaginations with the right pictures and imprint the right reality because god said what they imagine to do it will not be withheld from them and listen to how powerful this is it's so powerful that god could not stop them from building because it was already in an imaginary frame the only thing he could do is to scatter their languages confuse them he didn't stop the building he confused their language and they stopped it themselves that means they came out of that imaginary frame because they could not understand each other now what am i saying the power that brings forth reality that adds permanency to our imagination is singleness of mind that means when you concentrate on a visualized picture image of a reality you want to experience only concentration can add permanency to that imprint Don't worry if you don't understand me now you will listen to this message again and it will dawn on you what I'm saying. You need to have one mind. So the picture you capture, ha. Huh? The image you capture, the vision you capture. He said you need to stay on it in order for it to move from something that is abstract to something that cannot be withheld from you because god was this is a law this is a law this is a law that means god has to permit that imagination coming to pass he has to allow it to become manifestation 
So he says, imprint, imprint, imprint through imagination, through visualization. That which you want your eyes, your physical eyes to behold. Oh, we will close here this evening. I think we'll continue with the implementation protocol on day five. I trust you are blessed and you learned something. God bless you. Good night. <laughs>